on golf today, Inji Chun goes wire to wire to win the KPMG for her third major championship victory. She will join us in just a bit. Lexi Thompson, she falls excruciatingly short in another major. We react to another close call for the American star. And Xander Shoffley gets it done at the Travelers. Where does Xander rank in the men's game today? We debate that and more next on Golf Today. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Hello and welcome into Golf Today. Matt Adams alongside of Eamon Lynch. So, Eamon, what caught your eye from the golf this past week? Wasn't it just a reminder of what real competition does to people out there, for better or worse, in terms of, of bringing out the passion and the nerves? You had you know, players coming back from the brink on several tours. You had a guy who never really went away but who still needed a win out there. You had veterans making a statement. You had young kids also making statement wins. It really was how fine that line is between ecstasy and agony at the top of professional golf. And it was all laid bare this weekend on every tour. I, I looked at it from the same perspective, one of entertainment saying that for me it was about gold, it was about majors, it was about storylines, all of which that you touched on, Eamon. Multiple-time major champions, Inji Chun and Padraig Harrington, were able to get it done this past weekend. And then we had Xander Shoffley, the reigning gold medalist that was able to do it. And at the same time, on the Corn Ferry Tour, at the same time with young people, uh, amateurs asserting themselves at, at the Travelers, in the, in the case of Michael Thornbjorn's uh, son, we, we were able to see that the future of the game is also in great hands. And even move over to Europe. How Tong Lee, a man who's been absolutely riddled with the driver yips for the last couple of years, and that might have been the craziest celebration of all. I'm weekend. sure. We're going to get to that in a little while, folks. We promise you that as well. But first, let's get to some highlights of what did happen in one of the major championships this past weekend. The KPFG Women's PGA Championship. Inji shot at the par 5 11th. This for birdie. She makes it, gets to 5 under par. Now, Lexi Thompson, this is for birdie at the 11th. This to keep a two-shot lead. Get her to seven under par and keeps that lead. Okay, so now it's starting to look pretty good for her at the 12th. Can she hold on to it here with this? Inji, short putt for par, slides by, falls back to four under, but still two back. Lexi had also made bogey. So the lead remains at two, but at the par four 14th. This is when you started to wonder, worry about getting wobbly. Short putt for par, falls to five under par. The lead is one. At the 15th, her approach. And this is a green the players had ermiled all afternoon after hard bounces, but Lexi just keeps it on the collar. And from the collar, she would have this birdie opportunity. Gets it, six under par, two stroke lead. All right, two-stroke lead at that point. Looking pretty good, right? Inji Chun at the par 5, 16th. The third from 100 yards. Almost jars it, spins it back just below the hole. Lexi with her third on the same hole, just to the right side of the green complex. Not a lot of room here. Thins that one, hands up over the green. We stay with her for her fourth shot. 
She will use the putter for this one. Knocks it well past the hole, and from having a two-stroke lead, greenside, and a par five and two, she leaves tied. Because Inji Chen did this. Now that they are tied, Lexi on 17 for birdie to get the six under. Hold up, hold up. Inji, same hole for birdie. Also trying to get the six. Taps it in, stays at five. Oh my. Didn't even touch the hole. Lexi drops to four under, one back. To the 18th we go. Inji Chum with this lengthy birdie effort. That's a nice stroke on it, but there is still a little work left. Lexi for birdie after a great approach. Needs this. Taps it in, finishes four under, leaves Inji Chum with a par putt for her third major title. Secure victory. The glimpse of the emotions. She spoke about it. Let's take a look at the final leaderboard. All said and done, a one shot victory over Lexi Thompson and Minji Lee. A leaderboard. A four of four yeah. place as well. Say Young Kim. That's a pretty high-powered leaderboard there, Matt. After a victory, Inji Chung spoke with our Amy Rogers. Inji, an emotional victory, your first win on the LPGA Tour in four years. It's been quite a journey. You've dealt with back injuries, and you've been open about, a, open about your bout with depression as well. What kept you fighting and working towards this moment? Absolutely. It was tough when I couldn't make any wins last almost four years. But at the same time, all my sponsors and they always believe in me. So I really like appreciate them. So I really want to make win again. And then and my family and my coach, my managers, and my caddy and my fans, they never give on me no matter what I did. So I I just tried to keep work hard. This, how I can do, like, then I'm waiting for this win long time, so I'm so proud I made it. <laughs> you didn't give up today either. You started the day with that three-stroke lead, which quickly evaporated after a couple bogeys on the front. What was the key to turning things around on that back nine? Because uh, before I started today, my coach taught me, Inji, if you're trying to enjoy uh, to play last round, if, if you don't think about the scores, then you can make win. But absolutely, during the first front line, I couldn't enjoy my go to play golf game, my golf game, because it was a little hard to stay in the positive way. But at the same time, I knew it. Like if keep trying to work hard, and then if I keep smiling, and if I keep like enjoying to play golf during the bank nine, then still I have a chance and then I made it. So. <laughs>
You're now a three-time major champion, but this is your first major win in six years. How does this one feel different? Mm. Uh, I, to be honest, I can't believe I, I made a three major wins. So, but now when I got a slump, uh, sometimes my thinking was going really down. So uh, sometimes I want to kick the golf. Then I try to work hard. That's what I did. And after I made this win, so I, now I have another goal in my life. And then, so at the same time, I'm really happy to take the trophy to Lancaster next week because I'm going there for my foundation. So I'm so excited now to see all my fans and then members at Lancaster Country Club. Yeah. Well, even through those difficult times, you've had a huge fan support. They're all back here waiting to see you. What has their support mean to you this week? Because uh, my fans, they never, I said they never gave up me, no matter how I did. So that's how I'm playing this week. And that's how I made a win this week. So I really appreciate to them, like, yeah. Well, they're waiting for you. I'll let you get to them. Thanks for the time. Congratulations. Thank you. Great job by Amy Rogers with NG Chun. You can see active players with three or more legs of the LPGA Tour version of the Grand Slam. NB Park needing the win in France on a Nordquist, lacking only the Chevron in the U.S. Open. And now NG Chun looking for the Chevron and the AIG Women's Open to complete her Grand Slam aspirations. So let's talk about this victory that we saw, Eamon, over the course of this past week. She opened with rounds of 64 and 69. She had Booker in rounds of 75 over the course of the weekend, that one-shot win over Minji Lee and Lexi Thompson. So I'm curious about the emotions that we just saw. And I will tell you that we're going to have Inji on the program coming up in just a little while. But I'm curious about the way the emotions impacted her we weren't used to seeing that she had such poise such dignity clearly such patience patience in the course of this major why do you think this one hit so differently i that became clear last night when i read my, my golfing colleague beth ann nichols story on how inji chung got to this point a week ago she left an lpga tour event and driving to the airport with her coach dr Juan park he asked her if she wanted to retire because she looked so unhappy and so wow. miserable in the game of golf and she said that the use of the word retire actually shocked her and then she had a conversation with her sister uh, during the week back in South Korea where she started to cry on the phone said she felt in a way that she was battling a little bit of depression that she couldn't quite get accustomed to the loneliness of professional golf and living in the United States and her sister said why don't you you quit and those conversations she said made her realize that she didn't actually want to quit that <laughs> she wanted to push ahead and it's very rare to, in this game, at that level, to see someone go from having a very difficult conversation after a, a difficult stretch in their life and suddenly turn it around. I mean, you, you're a golf geek. You remember back in 1986, Ray Floyd choked away the Westchester Classic and got into a, an argument with his wife, Maria, on the drive out to Shinnecock Hills on what happens if you choke again next week? What are you going to do differently? And that 
put Ray Floyd in a mindset that when he did put himself in that position a few days later at Shinnecock, he was able to realise why he was there, what he wanted out of that weekend with the victory. And to me, Inji Chun's in a very similar spot here. She came into it not in a good place at all. I mean, she finished second at the HSBC Championship back to uh, several months ago mm -hmm. to Jin Young Ko. But other than that, in 12 starts this year, she hadn't done better than a tie for 12. There was no reason to think she was going to show up a congressional and do what she did. And coming out of the dark place she seems to have been in in terms of her, her mental game or mental approach to just even her career, it makes it all the more remarkable. I, I love the fact that you brought up the argument Ray Floyd had with his wife. Not the first guy to have an argument with his wife on the LIE, but that's where famously they came out with the, with the mindset and the statement that the golf ball doesn't know how old you are. In the case of Inji, what, what I'm curious about, Eamon, is that I don't think that people, at least stateside, fully understand the pressure that f the golfers from South Korea face from their own media, from their own fans, because in South Korea, they are such massive stars. She was also, she alluded to it, feeling the pressure from those that were saying, hey, you know what, we expected more. Yeah, especially when she'd won two majors by the age of 22 and then goes dark for several years after that. And in the four-year stretch between 2017 and 2021, she did nothing in the major championships at all. And when you look at this victory and compare it to the past ones, it's a sign of just how much she has actually dug in here. Her winning score at five under par tied the highest winning score in 20 years mm -hmm. in, in this championship. Nellie Corda won last year at 19 under par. And, you know, there was a point on the weekend where Inji Chun played a 13-hole stretch through late Saturday into early Sunday in seven over par. You don't typically win, certainly not, you don't win wire to wire doing that, but you typically don't win major championships when you play a stretch like that. And to me, it, it's a real sign of the tenacity that really only comes with age and, and having gone through a few valleys in your time that you start to bring out that, that kind of resolve that often isn't there when things, when the trajectory is upward, it's, it's easy to kind of ride the wave. When you've mm -hmm. been in the doldrums a little bit, it gets a little harder. It's incredible when golf presents these kinds of stories. Now, for Lexi Thompson, it was another kind of story since you can see results since her last win, which was the ShopRite LPGA Classic in June of 2019. It doesn't seem that long ago, does it? In 51 events, 19 top tens, five times a runner-up or 13 times in the top five, I should say, runner-up eight times for Lexi. So, Amy, if I, if I ask you a completely different type of question about this major championship, and this relates back to Lexi, what do you think the lasting image of this major is going to be? It's the fragility of Lexi Thompson in so many ways on the course and off the course. I mean, Lexi has had 13 top five finishes in major championships in her career. Only one of those is a win, and 11 of them have come since that win. That's a lot of scar tissue that's out there, Matt. And what we saw last year in the U.S. Women's Open at Olympic Club, when she had a five-stroke lead with eight holes to go, and it got away from her, and then some of those putts and shots that we saw, particularly that chip shot on 16 and a couple of putts yesterday, to me, that's a sign of somebody who's who doesn't have the belief there at, at, at the key moments. And to me, it, it was disappointing that she left Congressional without addressing the media afterwards. We've seen people have worst collapses 
in major championships over the years. And you learned a great deal about them. And I think they actually learned a great deal about themselves in, in facing up to that afterwards. And to me, Lexi's inability to face up to it in the analysis after her own round speaks to her inability to get over this hurdle. Because last year at the Women's Open, her agent decided he was ending the interview after the collapse at Olympic Club after two questions. And the USGA let him do it. And so there was never a, there was never a process of a, a post-mortem and where you're kind of working your way through your thoughts. And, you know, this has happened an uncomfortable number of times for Lexi. It's hard to imagine a more fragile player mentally on the back nine of a tournament who hits the ball so well. And it's got to become debilitating at a certain point to be as good as she is, Tita Green. And just on the putts that really matter, she's not even hitting the hole. And it's disappointing to see. She's 11 LPGA Tour career wins and 20 second-place finishes. That doesn't necessarily speak to somebody who can't close. Potter Carrington has more than two dozen second-place finishes on the PGA Tour. Kalkovecchia also had a, a lot of them and, and turned out to be a great player with a great resume. It's, it, it's disappointing that it's, it ended the way it did for her. There was also a penalty uh, that for, for slow play. And I, and I wonder, in fairness to Lexi, if if there's if there was a it was a, if a fine of two thousand dollars for that that I wonder if it was a swirl of emotions that led to the point where she felt like you know what this is not the time and place where I want to put myself before a camera I need to sort these things out internally. Yeah, well, the, it's a major championship, and you've just lost it over the last few holes. Basic professionalism is you go in there and you actually address some questions about it. The, the fine came after. She had finished play. It wasn't relevant to what she was actually doing on the golf course. I think she owed it to the tournament, to the sponsors, to her own fans to go in there and address them afterwards. And the swirl of emotions is fine. Other people have been in the swirl of emotions in more difficult situations and managed to face up to it. Yeah, I think uh, there, there may be a calling, though, for, for empathy here because it was torturous to see what Lexi is going through. It's not the first time that we've seen it. Hopefully she can come out stronger. Well, coming up next, the game's newest major champion joins the show. Envy Chun would be here to relive that wire-to-wire -wire victory at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Angie Chun was able to raise that trophy, winner of the KPMG Women's PGA Championship, adding to her major championships that she has won. What a week. Wire to wire winners, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship history, C. Ray Pak, Yanni Sang, Hannah Green, and now in 2022 at the Congressional Country Club. It was Inji Chun. She is joining us right 
now. It is an absolute delight. Angie, first of all, a deep congratulations. How are you feeling on the morning after? How are your emotions? Oh, it's so emotionally and I feel so nervous now. So I want to say thanks to having me for a great opportunity to have a talk with you and <laughs> share my emotional. Angie, you had conversations last week with both your coach and your sister about the difficulties you were having and both of them asked you if you wanted to retire and you'd said after your win yesterday you were kind of shocked by, by the question. What was the difference in your mindset before those conversations and your mindset after those conversations? So me and my coach, we both agreed our golf, my golf game was grow up a lot. So we knew if I trying to make enjoy to play golf on the course, then we we gonna follow us. But it was really tough to make the good mindset on the course. So sometimes I felt really bad when I couldn't make the just for the mind on the course. So after I heard what my older sister said, then okay. I got to feel now I don't want to kick the golf. So trying to work hard and for the KPMG and trying to make a good, like stick to the good mindset. That's what I did during the KPMG week. <laughs> and then I'm so proud and I made a win. So it's no uh, not only for make win because I did uh, continue to enjoyed to play golf on the course and yeah. <laughs> Angie, you were so impressive with your patience on the golf course, in particular yesterday and in particular when you went down by two. I'm curious how you were able to maintain that level of focus and keep yourself in. Mm -hmm. So I really tried to work hard. Don't think about the, my position so in, and I already got the, all the pressure after I made a first great round first great round so I just keep thought uh, Inji you already like played next two days with all the pressure now you have only like 18 holes left so you already got all the pressure now it's the time to more enjoy to play your on game on the course, that's what I did. So, yeah, and I'm so happy to I made a win. Yeah. Inji, you won majors on the Korean LPGA Tour. You won majors on the Japanese LPGA Tour, and then you won two LPGA Tour majors very earlier in your career, and then had several years, three, four years, where you didn't perform particularly well in the majors. Did you feel extra pressure in those events because of what you had achieved very young? Yes, it was a lot of pressure because um, I made a, like 14 like, victories uh, in my career before I made a KPMG. And seven tournaments was the, from the major. Uh, so I really want to have one more, another major. Then I can make um, more than 50% to have the major wins in my career. and. And when I got that thing, then 
I just put、uh, more pressure myself. So I really、uh, don't trying to don't think about a win. Just trying to make a good、uh, process. And now I have eight major titles, so I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah, three of those, of course, on the LPGA, which we are celebrating in our conversation with you today, Ingie, and many people are celebrating your triumph as well. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but I cannot wait to get your reaction to a tweet that was sent out by Justin Thomas, another multiple-time major <laughs> champion. He writes, "What an electric tournament! I really enjoyed watching it this week. The KPMG Women's PGA gutted for Lexi. She's such a great ambassador for the LPGA." Great player and great role model. Congrats to Inji Chun on her major victory. That and of course your fan club that was out on the golf course. Inji, how does it feel to be feeling the love? <laughs> it feels so special because I think everyone's same.、Uh, when I got a special message from someone, and if like even who's like famous in the world, and it was like. Make me feel special, <laughs> Inji. On Friday night, you led by six, and then on Saturday night, the lead had been cut to three strokes. And then during the the final round on Sunday, you lost the lead. Did your strategy stay the same all the way through, or did you change strategy as you went up and down over that weekend?、Uh, so the Congressional Country Club is the like hardest golf course. Where I played before, so I think eight on the par was、um, very special. I, after I had the first great round, I really trying to don't think about the first round because if I'm keep trying to think about the first day, then I know more pressure on me. So. I just trying to stick on my game plan and trying to think about the the percentage game on the course. Ingie,、so. <laughs> you have been very honest with all of us about your emotions surrounding this victory, what it was like coming in, and the issues, the questions in your own mind and those closest to you. Not to mention, particularly media in South Korea. Now that you have accomplished this, now that you have crossed the line of victory once more, does it change your mindset? Does it change the way that you look forward to the events and to the majors that still lie ahead?、Mm, to be honest, I already saw what I wanted from when I talked with my sister, and now I have a new goal because everyone looking for another major. So I am too. So I、uh, now, as of now, I just want to keep trying to enjoy, it, to play my golf, and to reach my goal. So I just want to trying to keep work hard. <laughs> Ingie, we wish you the very, very best in reaching those goals, and we thank you very much for your time. A deep congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> Still to come, right here on Golf Today, we'll be talking more about this victory with Tom Abbott, who was on the call this weekend at Congressional. He'll join the show to give us his thoughts on the weekend. Golf Today continues right after this.
It had been three and a half years, a handful of near misses, about $15 million and an Olympic gold medal since Anders Shoffley last won an individual title on the PGA Tour. The guy who never really went away is back. We'll dive into his dramatic win at the Travelers Championship. And fresh off the third women's major of the season, Beth Ann Nichols will join us to talk triumph, heartbreak and slow play penalties. Hour two of Golf Today continues now. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. Welcome back in. Matt Adams alongside of Eamon Lynch. What an opening tease for our number two. Beautifully done by my partner here. What a week it was in the world of golf. The Travelers Championship was held just up the road from where we are at TPC River Highlands. You know, that has established itself as such a special event. It had a stout field this week, including world number one Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy. But let's take a look at the highlights of what was. We start with Patrick Cantlay here at the eighth hole. It's par three. He has his tee shot from 179. And this is relatable for some of us, Matt. Comes up way short in the water. Made bogey, went on to shoot a final round 76. That is six over par. He would finish tied for 13th. Saw Heath Stagala at the ninth hole. This for birdie from 24 feet, 7 inches. Rolls that in, makes it. Gets to 16 under par. Just two back. How about this? Amateur Michael Thorbjornsson at the 11th. This putt for 20 feet for birdie. This is an education you can't get at Stanford. Makes it 17 under, just one back. One shot shy. Let's stay with Michael. Third from 151 at the 13th. This is also part of the education in professional golf. That one finds the water, made bogey, dropped back to 15 under. Yeah, he made a good bogey there too. He would shoot a fine around 66, that's four under, and finish in fourth place. Xander Shoffley now at the 11th. Birdie putt from 26 feet at the par 3. This one looked at, like it was in. Then it wasn't. Then it is. 19 under par. Three stroke lead. Cruising now to the 12th hole we go. Xander Shoffley. This happened off the tee. When you're cruising, there's always a chance of hitting an iceberg, map. That is boot golf. Or a cart path. Yeah. But this one, that's an out-of-bounds delineation, that fence. Watch where this one ended up. It bounced off safe is the signal off the fence and got caught up by those wires. Those are camera wires. As we go to 13th with Thigala. Lags it close, get to 17 under par. He's just one back of Shoffley. After Shoffley made that bogey at 12, now Thigala at the short par 4 15. 297, go for the, the green with his tee shot. The driving iron he'd been ripping all day, chases it onto the green 77 feet from the hole. He would two putt from there, he would make birdie, he would get to 18 under, he would now have a share of the lead. How about JT Poston? Here he is at the 18th. Only 83 yards left at this par four. Knocks this one to six feet. Made birdie. 
He went on to shoot six under par, 64. Post 17 under in the clubhouse. He would finish tied for second. Back to Thigala at the 17th, par four. This is second shot, 148 out here, Eamon, but his ball is in a divot. And look at the creativity with this. The one-handed club twirl. Knocks it in there to 10 feet, 8 inches. Perfectly using the contours. Think about the pressure right now. Think about how he's feeling. Think about the excitement. You can feel it in the crowd. There was a buzz. This for birdie. Knocked out him to 19 under par. Suddenly he's leading by one. But then, golf intervened. This is his tee shot here in this fairway bunker. Second does that. And this is where he has questioned his decision making both off the tee and how aggressive he was with that second shot. Third shot from that same bunker. Gouges it out, still well short of the green from three. So he was able to get it on the putting surface from there, and he would face this bogey putt from 12 feet. And it looked so good for so long. Agony on that one. Shoffley from 105 at 18. That's what champions do. Absolute class. He can two putt from there and win. But he only needed one. Victory secured for Xander Shoffley. Let's take a look at what the final leaderboard balanced out at. There you can see that two-shot victory over Poston and Thigala. Both of them finishing on 17 under par. Michael Thorbjornsson that we were telling you, that young amateur, only 20 years old, finishing alone in fourth place. Kevin Kistner on that leaderboard as well. Solid leaderboard at the Travelers Championship. Afterwards, Xander Shoffley met with the media. You won the Olympic gold medal. I mean, you won, you won with Patrick. Um, the, the whole sort of, oh, well, he hasn't won an individual stroke play event, you know, since the century, et cetera. Um, how much did that kind of wear on you? And, and your caddy was saying that, that sort of earlier this season, you were kind of like, we, we got to win. we got to get a win here. Um, can you describe that moment? Yeah. Uh, I, I like to talk to my team a lot uh, about how I'm feeling uh, week to week. And it's been a year where my stats have been very solid uh, and just haven't really you know, put in four good rounds of golf. And so uh, I think subconsciously or without myself even really knowing, I was getting a little impatient. And uh, this week I was just trying to be as aware, self-aware as possible to just stay as patient as possible and um, just realize that I put the work in. And um, if I can just sort of do what I've been doing and just focus a little bit more uh, throughout, the, throughout the day, that it'll pay off um, in, in a big way. In a big way, and fortunately it did. Since his last individual win, that was January of 2019 at the Century Tournament of Champions. You can see 74 events, 23 top 10s, 14 top threes, and two victories, uh, including that win with Patrick Cantlay at the Zurich Classic in 2022. And, of course, the Travelers Championship. So, Eamon, the question I have about Xander Shoffley is that 
here he is, gold medalist at the Olympics, and from the beginning, he has shown us consistently this, these flashes of greatness. Has he fulfilled the potential to this point? Not yet. But there is tremendous potential, and there, there is a tremendous expectation on a guy like Alexander Schaffner. And he's had a fine career to this point. Six wins is nothing to sniff at. I think there's been a greater expectation for more out of Xander Schauffele because of what he's done in major championships early in his career. I mean, he'd, he'd finished top 10 in almost half of his majors, put himself in the mix yeah. consistently in, in those majors. And, you know, there's, when you look at those statistics that we just saw in terms of the near misses, it's, in a way, it's a mirror image of what we've seen out of Lexi over the last few years. But Xander is Lexi with more belief and a better putter in the sense that the you never got the sense from Xander Shoffley that the near misses were corrosive to his confidence in any way, that he was impatient, but they didn't act as a debilitating force to him the way they seem to do with Lexi to this point. And I, I think the, his failure to win in the last three and a half years in terms of an individual stroke play event on the PGA Tour wasn't a sign of apathy or complacency or anything else. It was just, to me, a sign of how difficult it is to actually win out there. Yeah, I mean, the, given the fact that, and because he's been a prominent player for so long, I think people forget that he's still only 28 years old. However, this was the first time in five tries that he was able to close after a 54-hole lead. And I thought it was interesting, the comparison that you made there with, with Lexi Thompson, because so many times, isn't it, that the putter seems to come down to being a, a, a window into the soul of some, of some sort, right? And in his case, there seems to be that stability there. In his case, he's certainly been knocking on the door a lot. I want to I pick up on something that you just alluded to. If this is not a measure of his past and what maybe could have been expected of him to this point, could it be the stepping stone of great things that lie in store? You always think with a guy like Xander Shoffley that all he's missing is confidence. Uh, he's the kind of guy you'd like to see what he can do if he gets on a, on a run. We know what other guys have done in the past in terms of the Rory McIlroy's, the, the Jordan Spieth, the Brooks Koepka, when they get a run of confidence going. Scotty Scheffler, mm. uh, at the moment, we see the same thing out of him. What would Xander Shoffley look like in that situation? Because he doesn't have one dominating weapon. If you look at his statistical profile, he is solid throughout the bag and has been for almost his entire career. You don't see much wavering in terms of one skill set eroding as another one climbs up the, the rankings. So it's, it's not as though he can... I don't think he can be a dominant player, but I think he can be relevant almost every time he goes out there. And he is relevant. We've seen it in that numbers. Even when he's not winning, he still manages to be relevant. I don't know that I see Xander Schauffele in terms of ever doing a, a Scotty Scheffler and doing a four-win season or a six-win season or something on those kind of epic scales. But I would be really? genuinely shocked in the next few years if we don't see Xander Schauffele at least put up a few multiple-win seasons, including a major championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought his comments to the media afterwards were particularly interesting. And I, and I thought about a, a quote from Nick Saban where he said, be where your feet are. And in this case... We heard from Xander saying that he was trying to remain present. I also thought that he demonstrated great patience at a point that Thigala was taking his run and actually took the lead for a time period. 
and the way he looked when he came down the stretch. I'm not sure how many people realize that when, when you're at TPC River Highlands, it's a 6,800-yard golf course and change, so the players can see what's happening. He knew exactly what was going on in front of him through that stretch, 16, 17, and then on 18, he was watching Thigala in that bunker. I just thought that this Xander Shoffley, the one that was where his feet are or were that he kept it together in such a ways with, with a poise and a focus that I think was his ability to close. Yeah, wasn't that the more impressive thing? It wasn't so much the win, but the manner of the winning and the circumstances he wanted because he knew that the crowd was cheering for the gala out there. Yeah. He, was, he was the great story of the weekend, potential rookie of the year, just su super engaging, aggressive player. Xander's popular, but Xander wasn't the most popular guy in those last couple of groups out there yesterday. And he still managed to go about his business in a very businesslike manner. After that tee shot on 12 that got away from on the left, Xander Shoffley really didn't put a foot wrong from that point all the way to the clubhouse. He did exactly what was required to do to win. You wonder, don't you, with that shot at 12 that ended up getting tied up in the, in the camera wires, if that was fate intervening right there? Many guys have gotten worse breaks than that, and kind of lost tournaments over the years. you got to know when you've scored and take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, it was literally just a couple of inches. Uh, let's take a look at the Comcast Business Tour Top 10. And you will see Scotty Scheffler continuing to lead the way. Xander Shoffley up 12 spots. He is now number eight in the ranking. And obviously that ranking represents those that have been playing extremely well throughout the course of this season. And now, time for winners who didn't win. Saw hit the gala. Remember this at the WM Phoenix Open. This is the drivable par for 17th. And this is how this kid plays the game. Everything is aggressive. There's a little touch of field Arnold Palmer approach in this guy, Matt. He does connect with the fans. It is so easy to be a fan of his. And even the way this all ended, the emotions that were displayed, not only there, but here. The way that his family was there for him, the way that they shared the experience. And we saw it again yesterday. Had to make this part. So close. Last three PGA Tour starts at the Memorial tie for fifth. RBC Canadian Open at tie for 53rd. And then, of course, tie for second at the Travelers. Let's hear what his thoughts were following the tournament. You told George that you never really got this far in your dreams of winning a PJ Tour event, but now you seem to have a little more belief. Is that now you're kind of thinking that this is, it's, a, it's not an if, it's a when? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I know, and all the guys out here know how hard it is to win and how few opportunities there are to win. And that's why something like this is really, really going to hurt. It's really going to hurt, but I'm just going to grow from it. And like I said, I, I'm playing so, I feel like I'm playing really well. and. If I just keep doing this thing, keep loving the game, I love the process. I've, I've never loved it more than I have now. Um, so, yeah, I'm just 
uh, I'm really excited to see if I can, you know, do it again, keep putting myself in these positions. So, Eamon, what is it, why is it that it is so easy to connect with him? Why do you think he's becoming a fan favorite so quickly? Because of what we just saw right there is the ability not just to play aggressively and to really charge after a victory, to try to grab it by the throat. We saw that whenever he had the mishap on the 17th hole at Phoenix yeah. back in, in January. Now we see it here again where it was aggression. Decision-making that he questioned after the fact in terms of whether or not he should have hit driver off the tee, whether he went for a little bit too much out of the bunker. It's great in hindsight, but he was willing to go for it. He tried to grab the tournament by the throat. And in failing to accomplish what he set out to accomplish, he doesn't throw clubs, doesn't have a temper tantrum. He just says, you know, I've never loved the process more than I love it now. I'm trying to grow from this and learn from it. That's why people connect with him. I, I love, too, that when we were showing the <coughs> highlights package, you mentioned specifically Arnold Palmer in mm -hmm. terms of his style of play, meaning that he's aggressive, meaning that he goes for every flag. And I believe, obviously, with the talent that he has already demonstrated, that that is going to pay off for him somewhere, somehow, sometime. Because where, whether we're watching about what happened in Phoenix at 17 or whether we're watching the highlights, if you call them that, of what happened to him at the bunker at 18 yesterday, it's, there's still this element of a twist of fate, right, that, that ultimately consumed him in both of those occasions. In Phoenix, you could see where the ball hit and that little knoll that it shot it forward with, with the velocity that it did. So from that standpoint, too, we've got a player that is willing to show us how he's feeling. You said that he doesn't throw clubs, and he doesn't. He's never shown that type of uncontrolled rage. But you didn't need to hear anything. Specifically, when we were showing the highlights, both of you and I stayed quiet because you didn't need words to show someone going like this and saying, oh, it was that close. I just, I just think he's an exciting player to watch, and I think it's really fun when someone lets us into their heart like that. And it's also really interesting to see a guy who's very clearly on a certain point of the learning curve. Yes. Here, <clears throat> you look at his, <clears throat> excuse me, his second round scoring average on the PGA Tour is 17th. His third round scoring average on tour is 20th. Final round scoring average is 199th. So clearly, the closer he gets to the business end of the tournament on Sunday afternoon the tighter it gets. Well, that's true of almost everybody yeah. out there. It's only the freaks who don't actually tighten up on a Sunday afternoon wears on. So, so it's, to me, it's fascinating to watch this guy go through this learning curve and the ability to put himself in there in the mix, get his heart stomped on, and then just kind of say, OK, well, I'm going to learn something from that and I'm going to come back and give you the opportunity to stomp on my heart again next week. <laughs> that is really the essence of, of elite golf is the perseverance. It's the same thing we've seen in pretty much every winner we have talked about today from Hao Tong Lee to Inji Chun to Padraig Harrington, even to Xander Shoffley. That is the defining characteristic of all of them is the willingness to get their head chopped off and then come back the next week and do it again. I wrote down the, the quote, only the freaks, dot, dot, dot. So let's do an honorable mention here. JT Poston for me. Do you, I don't know if you have one as well. JT Poston, if you look at, and this is golf, right? Tie for third at the Heritage. From there, he went miscut the next two. Tie for ninth, miscut. Tie for 37th, miscut. Yesterday, he finished second at the Travelers Championship. I think JT Poston is on that curve as well, and his is looking very, very favorable. Any thoughts? Any honorable mentions? The, I got a pull out here, Michael Thorbjornsson, the Stanford oh, yeah. kid. 20 years old, finishes fourth, and 
just this wonderful reminder of people who are motivated by the purity of competition, Matt, because we hear a lot about the professional game these days and how it's just purely money and it's cheap competition and that there's no value really to anything. Well, he's proof that there is value to something because he was every bit as invested as the Gala was or Shoffley was yeah. or Poston was. And we should also give a shout out to Jay Haas. He finished tight seventh in the U.S. Senior Open at the age of 68. Absolutely remarkable. And that swing hasn't changed in decades. Coming up next on Golf Today, Beth Ann Nichols joins. She from Golf Week. She'll be right here on the show to recap the excellent weekend at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. Time now for Winning Moments presented by Win Grips. Inji Chun finished with a final round 75 to hold on for victory at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship at Congressional. The win is her third major title and she's now the third active player on the LPGA Tour with three legs of the Grand Slam on their resume. What about the KPMG Women's PGA Championship prize money distribution? It was stout. It was a huge story coming into this week. The amount of money that they were playing for at this championship and there you can see the results of the same. So let's talk about this in terms of what all this means at the LPGA. Beth Ann Nichols is joining us from Golf Week magazine coming up here on the program and you know whether we talk about a lot of storylines coming in here Eamon to start with you the purse the field the venue the renovated congressional all that it was I'm curious and I'm going to ask Beth the same question I'm curious about the bridge between these storylines at the start of the week and how they concluded at the end of the week and tied together what we're seeing in the women's game now to me Matt is it comes down to respect I suppose if you want to get it in one word and in sports there are particularly in golf there are two ways in which respect or equality for one a better term is reflected one of them is in money mm -hmm. now it's there will always be an argument made that equal prize money is difficult to get to because people will talk about market forces or they will talk about the the scale of the audience and and sponsor participation so they can make all of those arguments but you can't make those arguments when it comes to golf courses that's a very simple way to show respect and that's what we're finally seeing in the women's game and no more so than when we go to the women's british open at muirfield later this summer but look at these venues we see here coming up that have been touchstones for some of the greatest moments in the history of major championship golf on the men's side with pebble beach and baltas and the old course in St. Andrews, and you know, Inverness Club, Oakmont, places like that, to have those now become second nature uh, as venues in women's major championships, to me, is an enormous thing. And the money is finally catching up, and credit to the sponsors who've actually done that. We saw just Minji Lee finish tied second there. She won $1.8 million for winning the US Open. A couple of weeks ago, U.S. Women's Open, yeah. and another seven hundred odd thousand dollars this week. She's made two and a half million dollars in the last two majors. Generations of LPGA players could not have conceived of doing that for a career, much less for a two-tournament stretch. To me, the more we see of that, the better. You know, let's be honest about something too, Eamon. Golf over the years traditionally is not the greatest with its timing 
about issues, especially when they become a broader social issue. The fact that in this case, golf is leading the way in saying we want to make sure that women are rewarded as much as we can equally to what the men are doing for the st stature that they are achieving with these championships. I think in this case, golf is on the cutting edge. And that's particularly relevant these days because we even heard Carrie Webb, a Hall of Famer, say over the weekend that she's particularly concerned that what we see going on with Live Golf on the men's side of it leaves the LPGA Tour exposed to potentially being used for the same sports washing purposes uh, on the other side of the ledger. And the more commercial relevance these players can be given, the more commercial reward they can be given for their performance, the better it is because they are vulnerable to that. Yeah, th those storylines that I was talking about when we started this segment about the field, about the purse, and about the great uh, venue that they were able to play on a congressional, a renovated congressional, which was really fun to see, uh, all tied themselves together. We're going to talk about how they tie themselves together coming up next when Beth Ann Nichols joins the show to react to a weekend that was in the season's third major on the LPGA. Welcome back to Golf Today. Images that we will never forget. Earlier this year, Jennifer Kupcho won her first major title in the Chevron Championship, taking the last leap into Poppy's Pond. And at the U.S. Women's Open at Pine Needles, it was a dominant performance as Minji Lee won the national championship by four strokes. And Inji Chun held the trophy yesterday at the KPMG Women's PGA Championship for her third major victory. Beth Ann caught up with Inji's coach yesterday, and it is a delight to welcome you into the program. Could you tell us uh, about what you learned? Yeah, it was actually pretty fascinating. <laughs> Dr. Juan Park is is Inji's longtime uh, golf coach and swing coach and mental coach, and he said that after the Meyer LPGA Classic, which was just last week, on the way to the airport, they stopped by and and sat down at the Smoothie King, and and over a couple of smoothies, he he said, you know, you're Inji, you're being too much of a perfectionist. You're spending way too much time on the range trying to get your swing technically perfect. You know, you need to be spending more time on on the putting green. But then he actually took it a step further and 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 questioned, you know, are you, are you enjoying what you're doing? Are you enjoying the process? Because per perfectionists don't ever succeed the way you think they would. It's people who enjoy the process, who enjoy making progress. And he actually point blank asked her, "Do you still want to do this, or do do are you enjoying it enough, or do you want to retire? And it would be okay if you do want to step away. You have nothing." you know, left to prove that's totally fine. And he said the question really, really shocked her uh, coming from him. And, and, and she, she really, you know, took it to heart and came out with a completely different attitude last week at Congressional. And, and we, we saw what happened. Indeed we did. Now, could you also tell us about a special trip that she's taking this week to the site of her first major win? Yeah, I think this is one of the most unique and, and fun things about NG is that she has this incredibly 
close bond with with the folks at Lancaster Country Club, which of course was the site of her first LPGA victory, which happened to be the the U.S. Women's Open, and that's what got her status onto the tour. And she's been going back there every year and and helping to raise money for a scholarship fund that she's developed for for employees of the club, for kids who work at the club, and and the children of employees at the club. And I, I, it's just such a special thing. She'll be there later this week and. And, and, you know, it's just so rare that you see that kind of bond between a player and a club, specifically from another country. And, and I think it's, it's really meant a great deal to her over the years. Bethann, when Inji was on the show earlier, she said Congressional was the toughest golf course she'd ever played. And there was a lot of chatter during the tournament about the course setup, particularly in round one, which had such a high scoring average. Was it too tough? You know... I it's interesting. The question is, was it too tough? Was it fair? I, I mean, I think when I look at it, I, I, I see players struggling to reach a par five in regulation. <laughs> I see players hitting three woods into par fives and three woods into par fours and not being able to reach the green. You're going to uh, have rain all morning. So I, I, it, it, to me, it didn't make any sense why why they played it all the way back. And it was just a, a slog fest. And you weren't able to see the holes played as they were designed to be played because players were struggling to reach them and and and, and hitting long clubs that, that, you know, that's not how it was designed. So I, I, I definitely think it, they had it backwards. They moved it up when it dried out on Friday, which I didn't understand. So that was interesting. When we talk about difficulty, it was another heartache for Lexi. And to add to it, she had that slow play penalty, that fine that she was assessed when she got done. I'm curious, Beth Ann, what your thoughts are on the tournament for Lexi Thompson. It's hard to watch. My goodness, you uh, once again. You know, I've, I've I've said that many times, and and it, she just looks so uncomfortable when she gets into down the stretch in these pressure situations, and everything about her body and and her her putting stroke, everything changes. And so, you know, I I, I really think, unfortunately, she didn't talk to the media after the round, so you know, we weren't able to 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 hear what she was thinking and what she was feeling in those <laughs> moments. But you almost feel like she she needs to kind of blow everything up and start all over again and, and maybe go to a, a, a new mental coach and, and come up with some different coping mechanisms for, for high-pressure situations because it just seems like there's so much trauma there that, that you know, these ghosts are revisiting her at, at awful times. It, it's compelling to watch, but incredibly stressful and, and, and sad for her at the same time. Well, we're three majors down, only a few weeks away from the Evian Championship and then the Women's British Open, Bethan. Who needs to make a statement this year? Is it Jin Young Ko? Is it Nelly Korda? Is it Lydia Ko? Who do you want to see something out of over those last couple of majors? That is a, everyone on that list that you just named. I'd, I'd love to see something out of all of them. <laughs> I mean, I think we're all dying for Lydia Ko to win another major. But uh, given all that Nelly Korda has been through this year, you know, I think for her to to win again, you know, would be would be huge. She she obviously hasn't won this year and, and took a, a lot of time off with with the blood clot. Uh, I think that that would be a huge statement in the game. Uh, he, I'm I'm just curious how big Benji can make the year though. You know, at the same time, I mean, here's 
here's a player that, you know, has finished one, two in the last two majors and we won't see her again until the Evian coming up shortly where she'll be defending. And, and, you know, right now your colleague, our colleague Grant Boone had a great tweet that Minji's already made uh, at $3.3 million, the most third most money amount of money of anyone in LPGA history and we're all, it's only June. So uh, I really look forward to seeing what she does the rest of the year as well to, to, to see, you know, how, how good can she get? Uh, Beth Ann, there are broad conversations going on in society right now about women and the rights of women in society. When it comes to the game of golf here this week, we saw a massive increase in the purse. We saw them on yet another venue that is one of the great cathedrals of the game. And we can talk uh, in some depth about the depth of field uh, of the tournament itself. I'm just curious what your thoughts are overall in terms of golf's place and in particular where this championship sat in this week. You know, I can just point to to the pro shop here for a second, which might sound odd, but but it's meaningful. You walk into the pro shop to look to look for memorabilia from the week, and off to the side, there's this huge Ryder Cup display, which isn't until you know the 2037 or 2030. It's so far off, I can't even remember. But the point is, the Ryder Cup is coming to Congressional, and they wanted to tell you about it, and 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 that that's it, right? That the men and women are are competing on the same courses and are part of history. And there was this great graphic that that Golf Channel showed earlier in the week where, where NG Chun and Rory McIlroy are side by side and they had the same score uh, at 11 under after 36 holes. They were they were leading uh, at, at the same amount by six strokes from the Rory at the U.S. Open 2011 and then NG at the KPMG Women's PGA. And then there was this little question mark down at the bottom. Rory was one wire to wire, you know, what will NG do? And NG actually saw that and she mentioned it actually in her post round press conference. She talked about that graphic and, and, and that's, that's what it's all about right there that, that, that we can compare men and women, that we can celebrate men and women on the same stage and, and that, you know, the women can be part of history. And so I think, you know, the, the purse is hugely significant, as Damon said earlier, in terms of respect, but just being in the conversation. If it's not like tennis, where you're competing in the same venue at the same time, at least be in the same conversation where there's shared history in the same places. Beth Ann, in terms of having major championships, won, consecutive majors won by players who already had major championships, we don't see that much very often uh, anymore on the FPGA Tour. It's only happened once in the last four years. Is there too much parity at the top of the game in terms of seeing first-time major champions too often as opposed to seeing a player not necessarily become dominant but become at least a more consistent winner in the biggest championships? I think you look at that both sides. On the one hand, it's it's nice to to get to know new players when they break through in these in these huge moments and celebrate the depth of the women's game. But at the same time, in terms of developing storylines and getting people to to want to come back and be familiar with players, I do think it's important to have players when win majors and multiples and 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 as you said earlier you know there's there's only a handful of players that have won three majors that are still active on tour with, with yanni not competing this year it's just it's just on a nordquist ng and uh an nb park and so you know and who hasn't won a major since 2015 so uh, it, it's definitely important i think in terms of 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 developing stars because the lpga 
you know, needs as many household names as it can possibly get. And, and the majors and network television is, is how you build that. Beth Ann Nichols, you can find her work at Golf Week magazine. Uh, thank you very much for your time and your insights as always. Thank you.